Hello, and welcome to the May edition of Dick's Picks. Recording in May, <laughs> getting in under the gun. I'm Carter. I'm uh, you just heard Mr. Dick. Hello, yes. Mr. Dick. <laughs> hey, can you? I hope people can hear me this time. Yes, we were coming through loud and clear, and it is <laughs> it is a real blessing that uh, no. we can actually understand what you're saying. <laughs> Some people would say it's a curse to hear me, but it's know, a curse. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're looking at it as a positive. Well, it's it makes it much easier in the post if, if the sound's coming in at about the same volume and you're not having to adjust. Yeah, every few minutes. You know, I told you my dog ate my go-to headphones, so I had to go on. I, I had to really make do with uh, some fifteen-dollar Target ones. Uh-huh. They really didn't work very well. So now I've upgraded to a twenty dollar gaming headset. So uh, it's about seven hundred times better. We'll see. <laughs> we, we haven't seen the fi- heard the final product yet. Well, this month on Dick's Picks, uh, we are doing a deep dive into the two thousand six neo noir crime thriller, Lucky Number Eleven. Yeah, uh, which I thought was very strange sounding title that they did a, a pretty good job telling you what it means in the movie yeah uh, <laughs> it describes I was, it i was very skeptical i was like oh they're just trying to be very smart um yeah, directed was, by paul mcguigan 11 not a number is it no <laughs> it's, it's not even really a eight. name <laughs> slick slevin's adel i think it'd be slate slate yeah okay <laughs> Uh, Paul McGuigan also directed uh, Josh Hartnett two years prior in Wicker Park, uh, a movie I've never seen, but I remember the trailer very well. Uh, I haven't seen that either. Should that be a Carter's pick? Uh, it would have to just be a, I don't know, we'd, we'd both be approaching it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Who the pick would be. It would just be we have pick. to find some fresh picks. That would yeah. be the, new, the next uh, iteration. Um, also directed Victor Frankenstein. Was that with Daniel Radcliffe? Daniel Radcliffe as Igor. Yep. Okay. All right. And then push with Chris Evans. So actually a pretty. Uh, Good 2000. Mixed... Good knots. Yeah, exactly. And then more, film uh... stars don't die in Liverpool, which came out a few years ago. And is actually like a well-received indie movie, which is actually huh. pretty different than the sort of huh. sci-fi thing you've been doing before that. Um, okay. Also a lot of TV shows, as you mentioned, did yeah, Sherlock. Sherlock. Devious all, maids, all the pilots to all the ABC shows ever created from <laughs> 2010 on. He's like Big the Sapochnik guy for HBO. He's their go-to. Yeah. Um, written by Jason Smilovich, who also did a lot of stuff in in TV. Created the Karen Cisco spinoff show from Out of Sight, and created a TV show based on Three Days of the Condor. Nothing. Also. Yeah created the bionic woman tv show uh, no in <laughs> wrote war dogs which i did, never saw no i didn't see that either that looked bad <laughs> it looked bad jonah hill and what's his miles face? teller yeah yeah oh miles teller okay uh, he's on the rise since war dogs um pretty loaded cast probably the most impressive cast of any i think he's been on the done. rise since uh, project x <laughs> miles teller yeah he had that uh he was in what like 10 minutes of that 
Yeah. He just I remember the scene tears. where, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's your party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, starring Josh Hartnett, who's becoming a Paul Walker level. Dick's loaded pick cast. Icon. Yeah, uh, loaded cast. Morgan Freeman. Uh-huh. Ben Voice Kingsley. Of uh, Voice of Gandhi. Lucy Liu. Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. Stanley Tucci. The Tooch. And Bruce Willis. Bruce Willie. This is sort of right before Stanley Tucci gets like huge with like Devil yeah. Wars Prada. And He's I think still, this yeah. came out the same year as Devil Wars Prada, actually. It might have. And then he was like the go to sort of character guy. But this is pretty yeah. dark Tucci. He's usually oh, like, man. I think of Tucci and like Easy A, the sort of fun dad. Oh. Yeah, he's just like hippie fun dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to watch another Tucci movie, Margin Call. Have you heard that? But it great Tucci much, and Margin Call. And had a little too much uh, Kevin Spacey for me. It's a lot of talking as well. A very yeah. uh, weak Demi Moore performance in a very it also seemed like role. you know we've already got um uh the, the the big short. Why do we need margin call too? I like margin call more than do big you? short actually. Oh definitely. So you're like a deep impact guy. <laughs> margin call actually came out uh, a few years before actually. So it's more really? like uh you know, I, you know back to the future and then this other one is Adam McKay just I don't know. <laughs> riding the wave. Well, also, you know, it's Marshall calls an original story. Yeah. Uh, big short space on a book. Yeah. Also, it, big short. Same, same it tries events, to be though, too right? much. It tries to tell you everything about this sort of market crash. And Marjorie calls just sort of a dramatization no, of one evening. But no, we're, gonna, we're getting quite off topic. Okay. All right. You're right. Pretty early. Uh, Released April 7th, 2006. I looked to see what sort of events may have taken place around this time, but it seems April 2006 was pretty boring. I uh, know I saw it in theaters. <laughs> Do I, you? I texted my buddy John and he said we would not have seen missed this movie. We definitely <laughs> saw it in theaters. Uh, yeah, I, I you know I'm a big Josh Hartnett fan. He's a big Ben Kingsley fan, and we're both big Bruce Willis fans. So we, we had to see this movie in theaters. We were uh, one of, I guess, two people, I guess, who contributed to the 56 million box office gross on a budget of 27 million, which Wait. is pretty good. Yeah. 52% of Rotten Tomatoes, though. That's not as good. Not our worst, though. <laughs> no, definitely not. Our, I mean, Best Men was what, like 13%? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this was better than Best Men. Was Best Men the wispy one that we just did? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, actually so. like Best Men more. <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay. This Best Men had a, had a quality to it that I really admired. This is this more popcorn. like Definitely more popcorn. That's more indie sort of. Like, yes. Thing. It's, that was like such a strange, strange movie um, yeah. that I like couldn't even tell what it was trying to rip off. It was so sort of singular. This one very much wears its influences on its sleeve. We yeah. were talking beforehand how it's very much like this sort of snatch, yeah. uh, layer cake, pulp fiction, kind of twisty, turny crime thriller where it looks yeah. like everything is sort of out of control, but the one guy actually has a plan and knows what's going down. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a real type. <laughs> we don't really get those sort of movies anymore. I don't know why. They're great. 
People must have just gotten sick of them. I don't know. Yeah, they'll come back. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's sort of John Wickish at parts. Where it's you've yeah. got like the sort of like crime lords underground, like, like yeah, what are they yeah. actually doing? This seems like there's some sort of like weird They're quirks with the people. They're enormous yeah. bookies. <laughs> yeah. Was that really it? I think so. I think they are just like have giant books. DraftKings put them out of business. I was I finished this movie and I was so thankful for legalized gambling and like <laughs> not having to worry about broken bones and stuff and like betting on credit. Yeah, like oh god. <sighs> well, uh, well, before we get to the plot breakdown, so you remember you saw it in theaters. Yeah. Do you remember? Where you saw it? Which, where, where would it, where would it have been? In Potomac Mills, probably. Definitely Potomac, Potomac Mills. Mills. Yeah. Was it a full crowd? Remember that much? I don't remember that. Sure, it was dark, man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, have you have you seen it since then? No, I haven't really seen, haven't seen it since then. Wow. I don't. It's not really on the TBS rotation or the TNT rotation. No, no. I you. I don't think I've ever seen this on TV. No, it just in, lives in the back of my mind, like most <laughs> things. It's like something where if you if you didn't like look it up, you might think like, was that a dream that I dreamed yeah. this movie of? <laughs> yeah. Like Josh Hartnett and Ben Kingsley. Did that really happen? What's his name? Slevin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go through the plot. Let's do it. Yeah, All I'll right. Correct. I'll correct you because I'm sure you're going to. This is it's a very the plot is a, is a puzzle that's waiting yeah. to be put together by the mind of Slevin Calevra. Uh, yeah. Is that from Wikipedia or you just write that? <laughs> no, that, that was I didn't even write that. I was just off the, Dang. the top of that. That's uh, poetic. <laughs> um, we start off two bookies separately ambushed murdered by unseen killers one of them is shot sort of entering his car and the other one is killed by a signed baseball after the assailant is patted down and does away with his bodyguards just perfect throw right in the face kills the guy yeah um, do you think he would make it do you think he's going to make it to the pros <laughs> he definitely played i mean there's no doubt Got about the arm. it he must might have played college, might have played yeah. some, you know, A ball, maybe some yeah. Bush League ball. But <laughs> you know, now that the business is done, maybe he gives it another shot. Uh, because yeah, I mean, if you can kill a man with a baseball, well, yeah, I, I've seen people kill people with baseball bats and movies, but I, I think that might have been the first time I ever saw a baseball. You really think he's gonna get weapon. out now that he's done his vengeance? <laughs> like he's been training his whole life. This is his his perfume well this is a classic movie it's just like oh what do they do now um yeah so after that sort of oh another man is is seen sh- being shot by a sniper when exiting a building this is mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. but all these things are presented sort of with no context and you're just like hmm. is it during the credits he, i can't remember yeah it feels like it is and then uh in a nearly empty bus terminal a young man uh sort of disheveled bearded man sits down it's like an empty terminal i thought it was scott speedman but when i looked it up on imdb it wasn't it's the guy from making it in america i think the hbo show is that him he's just got a sort of every man looking face yeah, he could be in this is us he could be you know in uh 
You could yeah, be in the, some yeah, show yeah, set in uh, mid-Atlantic City with six sort of 30-something Did you think it was friends. a bus terminal? I thought it maybe was, was it like not? A, uh, like a train. Or, I don't know. Like an Amtrak station? Wasn't an, air, wasn't an airport. We know that. No, no and also there's like nobody there. There's like a sleeping woman. Like the least comfortable chairs you could ever imagine. Either. Very visually striking, though. They were like mm-hmm. blue, right? Mm-hmm. It was like a field of blue with the sleeping yep. woman. Uh, Bruce Willis in a wheelchair approaches and just sort of mumbles and they say something about like there was a time yeah there was a time and he's and like guy uh, says, it's like 11 30 yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like no no and then it's one of those story. sort of classic movie things where you just start telling a guy a story and uh we as the audience get to visualize the story of Max in the Kansas City shuffle Mm-hmm. Two decades earlier, after a random chain of events involving sort of seedy underworld types and mistresses and such, information is passed to a man named Max from his uncle. That fixes that in and it gets out. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Max borrows money from Danny Aiello to bet on a fixed horse race. Uh, and an act of pretty poor parenting takes his son to the track, gives him this whole sort of speech about how, you know, this other guy's dad is a degenerate. That's why you're, he's allowed into the track. Children aren't allowed into the track because <laughs> that they're degenerate gamblers. Um, tells him he only bets on sure things. Goes to watch the horse race. Son's in the car. Horse gets out to a lead. Max is looking very excited. Oh, gives his son his watch so the watch can, so the son can time how long he's away for. Yes, supposed to be 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. They told the wife they're going to a baseball game. Mm-hmm. So the kids memorize. Setting a great them. example. <laughs> yep. Uh, at the race, the horse looks like he's going to win. But you knew it was going to happen when I was watching. And I was like, oh, this horse is going to die. Yeah, the heart was too big. He was juiced for too long. Horse drops dead. Distraught. Max returns to the parking lot. His son is gone. His car is gone. His and car I don't is know gone. how the car left. <laughs> Did you look at that parking lot? It seemed like there was a pull through. So it was double park space. But yeah. then there was only one aisle to exit. There was like a walking aisle. And then there was a line of cars. And then another line of cars. So I have no idea how they moved the car. Wow. I didn't forensically go through it with that detail. So I, I mean, it I made, can't recall. <laughs> I, I couldn't make a turn like that. It must have been like a, a 150 point turn. Well, prof- these are professionals, you know? Yeah, you're right. Uh, but there was like a flashback when the horse dies where it's like. We sort of were given the information that it was a $20,000 bet that, mm-hmm. that Max makes. And it's like. They do some sort of talk about like, uh, you know, I thought the horse was plus 240. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you make, you make a bet like that. The action is five grand. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, 20,000 is a lot, even for a sure thing. I don't know. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's super responsible. Um, Max goes to the parking lot. The sun's missing. Henchman grab him. And to set an example to make sure nobody else would try to bet on a fixed race. The mob has Max killed. His wife is gunned down in their kitchen. 
and his young son Henry uh, seems to be killed by an unseen assailant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willis describes to the bearded Scott Speedman looking man uh, the Kansas City Shuffle. A misleading double bluff. And then he kills the guy. Yeah, just snaps his neck. <laughs> and then in a pretty nice move, gets out of the wheelchair, puts the other guy in it, sort of puts the hat on him, covers him up, bam, wheels him out of there. It's a real Operation Mincemeat, this movie, this plan. So, With the, the fake dead body? Yep, yep. You gotta have a dead Mistaken body for I- it to work. <laughs> uh, in New York City, Slevin Calebra, aka Josh Hartnett, uh, is staying in his friend Nick Fisher's apartment, and upon being visited by Nick's neighbors, Lindsay, Lucy Lou, Lucy Lou, discusses Nick's disappearance and why his apartment was unlocked. Lucy Lou's into it. She's a very good detective. She watches uh, did all. Did you the did you think shows. it was manic pixie dream girl character? Yeah. <laughs> very much like that. Yeah, she was but like he, so bubbly, wearing sort of bright colors. She's I think it was her. also her trying to. Um, you know, say that her job doesn't define her, which you find out later. Her you can job be a is as bright, a bubbly person. Yeah, she's around dead bodies. All <laughs> mortician, a coroner. What's the difference? Mortician. Yeah. Does uh, a mortician yeah. run a mortuary? Maybe is it? Do they like run cemetery? What do they do? I, they, I think they a coroner s- is like a government position. Okay, she's a coroner, but she's bubbly, so she's not defined by the coroner stuff. But also, the job is semi-ironic because it doesn't match with her personality. Yeah, um, she's a great detective, though. She she has she proves her metal by saying, um, "Well, according to Columbo, there are three things to look for at a crime scene: what's there now that wasn't there before, what was there before that isn't there now, and what's been moved." I have a fantastic I, bit of IMDb trivia about that. Is that real? Is it, I hope it's that it's fake. Colombo <laughs> never mentioned anything about that. <laughs> In like 30 years of being on TV, apparently. Oh, man. Colombo, what a missed on. Come on, man. That's like. They thought no one along. would check. Yeah. Yeah. They, this was before the internet really went crazy, I guess. Yeah. And they were like, surely no one's going to take all the time to see if this is really true. <laughs> Uh, oh. Nick tells Lindsay of the set of circumstances which led him to being there, uh, which included, number one, having his apartment condemned because of a rare breed of termites. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, discovering his girlfriend cheating on him in the act in flagrante delicto. Yeah, um, there are boobies in this movie. <laughs> which he plays very cool What it happens. Yeah, we find out why he plays it so cool later on. Um, and then being mugged on his way to stay with his friend. Yeah. Um, is there another one? No. Oh, fourth one is the guy going missing, she says, I think. Okay. But he says something about like bad things coming threes. And she's like, but mm-hmm. that was four. Yeah. Um, Lindsay suggests that Nick might be missing. Uh, mm-hmm. After she leaves, he's in a towel this whole time. We, mm-hmm. must, we must mention. What do you think of uh, Hartnett's haircut in this? Do you think it's it was like. so crazy. Do you think it's a staple? Because he had a terrible haircut in the faculty as well. <laughs> You know, well, it's the, the haircut of the faculty was just like a bad yeah haircut this was obviously like meant to look like this but it just must have been the style it's like he's in a, like a ska band but like 
I don't know, because he kind of dressed like he's got those like Argyle sweaters too. And it was very sort of like Vampire Weekend. His mm-hmm. his whole sort of style, all his outfits and everything like that. The haircut, the front is so there's so much volume and it's yeah. so out of control. And the sideburns, the sideburns the, are the thing. <laughs> the sideburns go down like they're just unattached, <laughs> but they go all the way like down his to the bottom of his yes. chin. Yes, it's, it's wild. And then, like his hair will just be like sticking, like straight up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I don't. Know, it was. It's very early two thousands. Um, He's just like if I take this movie, I want creative <laughs> control over, over my hair. hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a look. I mean, sure. he kind of pulls it off, honestly. Like for most people, it just feel like that person looks insane. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> it looks okay. Um, He's kidnapped by two henchmen, uh, one of whom is uh, Bubba Gump. They're looking for Nick. Yes, they're looking for Nick. And he's in Nick's apartment. Punches so... him in the face. Yep. Um, they Another take him to nose. the boss. Mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Uh, mistaking Slevin for Nick, the boss orders him to repay a large gambling debt. I think it was $90,000. Yeah, or kill the son of his rival. The it rabbi. was much. It was much more that he owed him than he than the other guy. The other guy. The other guy was like fifteen grand. <laughs> it's like, wow, well, I, I probably get that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the rabbi lives directly across the street from the boss. They both stay on the top floor of their sort of penthouse. The boss is played by Morgan Freeman, and his. Uh, his entrance monologue is about the schmoo, right? The schmoo. I have it all <laughs> written down. It took a lot of pausing. I was of like, time. what does this even mean? Uh, I, I don't know. Do you you want me to do it? I got it the all. The whole thing? Whole thing. I'll do it faster than he does it because yeah, yeah. he's got Morgan Freeman. Maybe, maybe the second time I hear it, it'll actually make sense. All right. <laughs> Mr. Fisher, are you familiar with the Shmoo, Mr. Fisher? A comic strip I liked as a boy. The Shmoo was a lovable creature, really. Laid eggs, gave milk, and died of sheer ecstasy when looked at with hunger. The Shmoo loved to be eaten and would taste like any food you desire. The Shmoo hide cut thin, made fine leather. And even Shmoo whispers made whiskers, made excellent toothpicks. In essence, the shmoo supplied all of the world's wants. I only bring up the case of the shmoo because of its relevance to you and the reason you were brought here. Does that make any more sense? <laughs> no. Okay. It's like they're what are they gonna use Slevin for like leather? Uh, I, I think he's like their uh he provides all things to all people. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you, I don't know. He's just looking for a schmo. It sounded like they were talking about Okja. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that one, but... Uh, but Okja did not want to be killed. I heard Okja was real tasty. It's, it's, a, than, it's a great movie. Okja is okra. very cute. <laughs> Okja! Um, the boss orders him to repay the gambling debt or kill the son of his rival, the rabbi. The mm-hmm, boss... The, the fairy believes the rabbi is responsible for assassinating his son, which we saw in the, the intro. Who sniped, who yes. sniped from the rooftop. Who we don't know is responsible, but he thinks it's the rabbi. Uh, he wants the rabbi's homosexual son, Yitzchak. Did I pronounce that right? Yitzchak. Uh, also known as the fairy to be mm-hmm. killed in revenge. An eye for an eye. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of agrees, right? He's like, yeah, you know, it's. <laughs> I have time I mean, to figure this out. If you're in, if they're gonna murder you, you're in that much debt. I guess you don't have a lot of options. Yeah, not a lot of options. I mean, uh, I'd be like, he asked for a week, but Morgan Freeman only gave him three days. I guess yeah. two days, three days. I think so, it was something like that. Seventy-two but, hours. If you put yeah. it in terms of hours, it sounds way more sort of yeah. pressing and important. You have yeah. forty-eight hours. What I've learned from slow horses is that you either do it in two days or a week. You don't do it in three days. Three days is just a, or you don't do it in two days. You do it in three days or a week. Because two days you're an asshole. Um, looks like you're not trying. Yeah, it looks like. <laughs> come on, give us time. But it's Morgan Freeman didn't even provide training or anything. He was just like, kill this guy. Uh, Slevin returns to the apartment, still in his towel. Oh, uh, did the cops pick him up? No, he uh, returns to the apartment. He just, yes. he just sort of goes back and mm-hmm. is kidnapped again. This time by two of the rabbis, Jewish henchmen. One of them was Corey Stoll. Yeah. From all kinds of stuff. The uh, Ant-Man villain. Exactly. <laughs> Who looks like Ryan Russillo. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh my God. Beef, not as beefy as Ryan Russillo. <laughs> they do look alike, but. Ryan Russillo is a real, real muscle head, meathead. I think Corey Stoll, I can, you can see him putting on some weight. Uh, sure. Very good in this, though. He's the talkative one. The other guy doesn't speak. Because he's given a vow of silence. Uh, does he ever actually say that? I thought there was like a... No, he's given a vow of silence, Carter. He's never okay. going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but Corey Stahl interprets through Lux. Yes. <laughs> the guy does give some sort of knowing looks. You know, mm-hmm. He's yeah. very good at communicating without saying anything. Yeah. Uh, like the boss... The rabbi also mistakes Slevin for Nick, naturally, mm-hmm. um, and also demands he repay a large gambling debt, but not quite as large as like the fifteen grand. It's still pretty big. Yeah. Uh, Slevin goes back, tells the boss he will kill Yitzchak. Wait, Yitzchak. I also have Ben Kingsley's introduction, less epic monologue. What uh, was that one? <laughs> Josh Hartnett goes. How do you justify being a rabbi yes. and a gangster? And Ben Kingsley says, I don't. I'm a bad man who doesn't waste the wondering, waste time wondering about what could have been when I am what could have been and could not have been. And I'm, I live on both sides of the fence. <laughs> the grass is always green. The grass is always green. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the grass <laughs> is always green. Much less epic than the schmoo, but you know. He pulled Still not a, really an answer. He pulled I guess. out a shotgun afterwards, I guess. So fine. Which will come back. Yep. A lot uh, of, ad, a lot of uh, flip phones in this movie. I think while he's leaving uh, the rabbi's uh, home base, you, you see the cops tailing mm-hmm. them. Because yes. they, they're surveilling both of the towers of these big time gangsters. Yes. Um, One of the cops was in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Hmm. But the main cop is the Tooch. It's Stanley Tooch, yes. And the Tooch is saying, oh, there's a new player in town. Says, who, who is this guy? Yep, yep. Uh, but jo- Josh Hartnett gets back home. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I think this is what is going on. 
I have in my notes, flip phone cameras really were the worst. And yes. I, I think it's in relation to Lucy Liu. Bruce has, Willis. While, while uh, Josh Hartnett is being taken by these two gangsters, these rival gangsters, Lucy Liu is tracking down. She's star 69 calling yes. from Nick's phone. To the hotel that hotel, called them earlier. The hotel that called them earlier. Yes. And she goes to that hotel looking for um john smith or whatever his cover name is in the hotel and she sees him walking out of the room yes. and she flips her phone open and takes a picture a very very blurry bad picture of him not uh, very subtly in, either in the elevator um because follows yeah. him then she follows him and he yeah. goes into the building that slevin comes out of oh and she sees slevin yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> Who I you know I don't think I would try to make a phone call with our current five G network in an elevator, but I know for certain I would never try to make a phone call with a flip phone in two thousand six. That shit ain't going through. <laughs> I don't remember self service very well from two thousand six, but I remember how difficult it was to like browse the internet. So I can imagine that yeah. If you're in an elevator, you're probably not calling anybody. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, so her ploy was very easily. Yes. You know. Bruce was like, I saw you, bitch. Yeah. Um, so Bruce Willis is involved somehow. Uh, and he tells the boss that he plans to kill Slevin after Yitz- Yitzhak yeah. dies. Yeah. And make it no. look like it was like a murder-suicide. Maybe it was the, yeah, because he wants, he's saying, yeah, he's saying, I just need a guy. I need a guy to do the thing or something. So, because they're not trying to make it look they like they need a patsy. Killing each other. Yeah, they need someone to pin all of it on. The, okay, I think that's where we see um, Bruce Willis talking to, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Bruce Willis the talks boss. to both of them. Does he talk to both of them then or later? Uh, around this time, yeah. Okay. Did you notice the chess set that they used? It was so bizarre. It was just all blocks. Yeah. Was, <laughs> I guess you just no, had to like, know where, where the piece started to know yeah. what, what it was. Like, I got a bad chess set where, like, the queen kind of looks like a tall pawn and the, also a bishop. <laughs> it's confusing. But all blocks with, like, etches on the side would be the worst game. Uh, it looked like they were playing with, like, glass sort of paperweights. Yeah, or like a, a sort of award you get at like a mm-hmm. convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, uh, it's just for show. Yeah, yeah. Um, Slevin uh, goes out to dinner with Lindsay to uh, a very no wait right. You forgot the the, did the cops pick him off up before then. No, 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 no. It's cop- it's at dinner, is it not? I think the cops pick him up before dinner and then they tail him to dinner. And then they confront him in the bathroom at dinner. Yes. Because Slevin follows Yitzhak into the bathroom. Because um, before the dinner... Um, Yitzhak has these Mossad agent bodyguards. Yes. To that tail kill people. All the time. Yeah. So, which makes Josh Hartnett's murder hit job even more difficult. Yes. But before they go to the dinner, Josh Hartnett uh, Lucy Liu gives him the down low of finding the hitman John Smith. Yes. And he seems very calm and he says, I have adorexia. It's a condition characterized <laughs> by freedom from 
worrying or any other and she's like when you're gonna die in two days and he's like preoccupation really i'll figure it out and then she he he walks her through his process um and why he's actually going to kill the guy Mm -hmm. um he says well this is it's not the first time something like this has happened and she says uh this isn't the first time a crime lord asked you to kill the guy the guy the gay son of a rival gangster to pay off a debt that belongs to a friend whose place you're staying at as a result of losing your job, your apartment, and finding your girlfriend in bed with another guy. She does that very, very quick. That's very, a, um, that's one thing about this movie is sort of everyone talks the same. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all just sort of like whipping out fast. all this sort they're, of fast, fast, very wordy dialogue. So uh, then they go to that dinner and he, he plays yes, it off. Like it's sort of Japanese fusion food. restaurant is what it looks yeah. like. But it's really he's there to tail the it's fairy. Ox. Yes, I think it's Ox probably the better way of calling it. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll call him <laughs> it's Ox. to tail Itzok. And his plan is to have a lovely date. But whenever Itzok goes to the bathroom, follow, follow him, him into the bathroom and get a date. Yep, because make a proposition. Yeah, because that's the closest to, uh, he can get to him, a way to get to him. And murder but him later. because the police are tailing him, mm-hmm, the tooch. Detective Brokowski, Stanley Tucci, follows him in. They have a little uh, sort of rundown in the bathroom where he's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not gay. And he's Mm -hmm. like, what are you doing following this guy? Uh, At this point, we just think he's a normal cop doing his job. Um, Oh, all the way to the end. Yes. (laughs) Um, At some point, Stanley Tucci gets the information that Bruce Willis is back in town for the first time in 20 years. Mr. Good Cat. Mr. Good Cat. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got very strange names of this. Um, and thinks there's a connection between the boss, the rabbi, Bruce Willis, and Slevin. Mm-hmm. Slevin Kalevra is what he says his name is. Um, pretending to be gay, Slevin gets invited to Yitzhak's apartment, uh, goes inside, we really don't know what's about to happen, but he like says him, somebody's trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Me. Yeah. Shoots him dead. Yep. Real Bruce Willis comes in. What Josh looks like he's gonna kill Slevin. Josh because it, this was uh preordained. We saw this like yes. when he was saying, I need a guy, I'm just gonna kill him, and it'll look like a lover's quarrel. So so he Josh Hartnett goes up to Yitzhak's body. Boom, gunshots. Bruce Willis shoots Yitzhak, who's about to shoot Slevin with a concealed mm. gun. No, he's about to press the button. No, no, I think he was about to fire him with a gun. Really? Yeah, he's oh. going to take care of it himself. And then Bruce Willis presses the button. Oh. Josh Hartnett's walking back. It looks like he's going to come through the door. Boom, they burst through the wall. Yeah. Bruce Good Willis classic. drops him. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was able to hear all that was going on. Yeah, like, they, they wouldn't even need the the necklace thing. How often do they have to rebuild that wall? <laughs> well, it looks like they've done it before. Yeah, it definitely looks like that wasn't the first time they did that. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, the two uh, then proceed to kidnap the boss and the rabbi oh to in order to make it 
look like Slevin has they blow died. it up. They but they re- they replace Slevin. So Slevin took Nick's watch in the beginning. So, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't and, know what the watch thing was. And was wearing it, and that because he had been wearing his not dad's, he, he he puts on a different watch. He switches watches and then With drops the initial Scott guy's Speedman. body. Yeah, Scott Speedman looks like his body, <laughs> and then they blow it up and they walk away without looking back. Yes, cool guy. Well, no, Hardin looks back. Oh, Hardin, because he's just he's he's still Slevin. He's yeah. not as good cad just keeps walking with his funny little hair piece mm-hmm. um then they, they, they kidnap the boss of the rabbi they both wake up restrained in the boss's penthouse mm-hmm. handcuffed they're like what are you what are you doing here um yeah they think that the well they the rabbi wakes up first and he says i've been here before <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> Because he, 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 they used to work together. They were partners before yes. some sort of falling out. Yes. And he's like, you've got me. And then Morgan Freeman's like, oh, I haven't got you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's tied to the chair, too. Um, Slevin comes in. Mm-hmm. And explains the whole thing. Yep. Slevin is Henry, the son of the ill-fated Max from the beginning. Uh, the mobsters who killed Max were the boss and the rabbi. This is revealed that the rabbi has the same shotgun. And what was the thing that signified the boss was the guy? Was it like a ring? Like a yeah, a ring or a belt. I think it was a ring. Yeah, something like that. Um, and it's like, oh, that was that. Um, Bruce Willis, good cat, was the assassin hired to kill young Henry, who yeah, just couldn't do it. Yeah, yep. heart of gold. He couldn't do so, it. I'm not going to kill this kid. Yeah. Leaves with the kid. Um, in Ohio. <laughs> after Never revealing to to New York. his identity, Slevin suffocates the rabbi and the boss by Which taping plastic bags on their heads. To, yes. They did to his Max. father. Yeah. How he knows that happened to his father, who knows? <laughs> I know. But he still. must have got inside information. Uh, but yeah. the boss reveals to the rabbi before this that his son's dead. It's a uh, just Freeman v Kingsley. Yeah, staring in each other's eyes. Uh, your boy is first. dead, and I killed him. <laughs> and then Morgan Freeman smiles menacingly. And then you know when the rabbi's killed, he's just like he seems pretty resigned to it. Um, he's a man of God. <laughs> yeah, um, they're dead, killed with the plastic bags. Slevin took some real sick pleasure in it but you know i guess it's you know revenge yeah but damn it was cold-blooded yeah um since Lindsay earlier photographed bruce willis while investigating nick's disappearance good cat boom shoots her i was genuinely shocked yeah like not lucy lou i was like whoa (laughs) josh harnett really yeah it's a cold cold man um while Stanley Tucci is hunting for Slevin. He gets a phone call from his boss, Robert Forster, mm-hmm. who explains sort of the whole thing as we're getting it. Yeah. From he Slevin, says, from the horse's mouth. Robert Forster, who I reckon he's been in lots of stuff. He uh, he says, uh, you know, the old cop who comes, who has been out of the force, retired, comes into town and he 
came over I, sh- I had the picture of, and it, on the desk and it had mm-hmm. the post-it of Slevin's name mm-hmm. and he was staring at it and he was staring at it and he said he wasn't staring at the picture he was staring at the name and then he yep. told him the story about a horse yep Slevin let me tell you a story a about a fixed horse. horse yeah a juiced horse a juiced horse mm-hmm. uh, but he said you know it all went wrong <laughs> The, the guy died, the the wife died, the kid died, even the horse died. <laughs> uh, reveals Kalevra is Hebrew for bad dog, mirroring mm. Bruce Willis's character's name, Good Cat. Oh, whoa. I didn't catch that until just now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no. Whoa. Uh, it's revealed that Tucci was the murderer of Slevin's mother. Uh, mm-hmm. He had mentioned something very early in the movie about... To Lindsay, to Lucy Yes, Lou, about having debts. To... Yeah, that oh, guy used to bookies. be my bookie. Mm-hmm. That comes back. Mm-hmm. Paid off a gambling debt. Boom. Kill Slevin's mother. Yep. Becomes a cop. Yeah, so there's really <laughs> three big gangsters in this movie, I guess. Like the, the cops... Was he a bad cop though, or was he like a good cop? He thought his past was behind him. Well, he he didn't didn't seem seem corrupt. He seemed like he was, you know, he he didn't really seem to stick to the book. Like (laughs) they definitely picked him up in a van and punched him a bunch and dragged him around and then (laughs) pushed him out of a moving van. (laughs) That's definitely gangster behavior. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, As he hears this story. Slevin is revealed in the back seat. Shoots him. Boom. Tucci's dead. End of movie. Not quite. Oh. Sometime right. later at the bus terminal, Slevin is met by Lindsay. She's not dead. It's revealed that Good Cat informed Slevin that he had to murder Lindsay because obviously he saw her take the picture of him. Mm-hmm. Um, however, Slevin explained his true identity to Lindsay. And help after her. their night of love, yes. after the dinner, there's uh, yes. a lot of love making. <laughs> we didn't see any, um, hey, it was implied. We assumed that there was, um, yeah. When Good Cat appears at the bus terminal, looks like there's gonna be a showdown. Uh, mm-hmm. Slevin explains he had to save Lindsay because mm-hmm. he didn't think Good Cat would understand. Well, but he also I, says, uh, okay, yeah, go for it. <laughs> but since Good Cat had saved Slevin as a boy, he says, I do understand. I would. I do understand. <laughs> Agrees to leave him alone. Uh, Good Cat gives Slevin back his father's old watch. Which is burnt up. Yeah. Because he burnt it up. <laughs> like, which is the real reason he went down to the morgue was to ca- pick up the watch and switch it back. Mm-hmm. But I never really got the whole watches thing. Yeah, I don't think it was really that necessary because no one knew who the seven was. <laughs> exactly. like, it seems like no one knew who Nick was. Yeah, it's like, why and do also, we need watch? these watches? Are pretty. I mean, it seems like Josh Hartnett's father's watch would be a little bit out of out of uh, out of manufacturing. Yeah, and probably you know a little harder to fake. So yeah, exactly. burning that one, I was kind of like, why'd you burn that one, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, ends with a flashback 
good cat spared young Henry. They drive away. Mm-hmm. Good cat turns on the radio to a song titled Kansas City Shuffle. Yeah. End of it. Right. In the Kansas City Shuffle. Play both sides to Kansas City Shuffle. Something like that. So, how much of this did you remember? All of it. So, so you weren't shocked or surprised by anything? No. Did it hold yeah. up for you? It held up. I think it held up. Especially I thought it was the, good. The Tooch reveal at the end kind of ties it all together. Yeah. Because it's like one last loose end. It really, <laughs> you didn't see coming unless you had seen it once before. Uh, I thought it was good. I can understand. A lot of the contemporary criticism, very, very negative. Um, <laughs> let, let me read you some, some of the, the, some, some of the best lines I found. Uh, Lawrence Topman from the Charlotte Observer was the worst review, but a great line. Uh, is Josh Hartnett attracted to cinematic bombs or do movies merely self-destruct once he signs on as the leading man? <laughs> this makes sense why he took some time off. <laughs> yeah, is there? Wow. Uh, Joe Morgenstern, Wall Street Journal. Declarative sentences are as scarce as detectable feelings in this stylish, emptiest thriller. It's Tarantino with the vital juices left out. I can agree with that. I think that like <laughs> you don't really know the what's driving him to until the very end. No, this is one is where like, the characters don't really seem like real people. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's also like, it's a John Wick world. They're not. Yes, exactly. Um, Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. If Pulp Fiction impregnated the usual suspects, the Spawn would look a lot like Lucky Number Eleven. Great genes, but you keep wondering when the kid is going to grow up and find an identity of his own. So oh. the, critic, the critics really piled on sort of derivative yeah. Tarantino ripoff. But, you know, it's not the only one. And there are much, much worse movies than this. Uh, are there? Should we watch them? <laughs> I think of, what was it, Ace is High? Oh, is that the one with... That's the one with Chris, uh, Chris Pine, Pine? Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I saw... Freaking my Google News alerts tells me like this bomb has taken over the streaming charts. And that was one of them that popped up recently. Oh, really? Smoke and Aces. Yeah. That's what it Smoking is. Smoke and Aces. Yeah. And it's also got like Selma or Sel- Ben Zero. Affleck, Jason Bateman, Common. Yeah. Common. Yeah. The Who's the, the girl from Guardians of the Galaxy? And Abbott. Zoe Saldana. She's in there too, I think. Yeah. Taraji P. Henson. Alicia Keys. Yeah. But yeah. came out the same year. Mm-hmm. There are just a lot of movies that feel like this, you know, the sort of stylish crime, yeah, big casts. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, it's not quite snatch, but you know, I think Pulp Fiction gets a little too much sort of lofty status because, in a lot of ways, I think this is more fun than Pulp Fiction. Uh, kind of drags Pulp Fiction, I remember it does. <laughs> It's very long. Once yeah. you've seen it the first time, it, I think it loses its novelty a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the best review was from the Christian Science Monitor. Peter oh, Rayner loves Josh Hartnett. This is what he had to say. Hartnett has been stuck in the young adult heartthrob mode for some time now, but this comic thriller may launch him into meteor fare. That prediction did not come out. <laughs> he probably predicted the same thing. Was he in Sin City? predicted the same thing for sin city probably yeah probably um that came out like the same year 
And then he was in 30 days of night the next year. Then he yeah. was like in nothing. Yeah. Until so, Penny Dreadful. Dreadful. That was a good yeah. TV show. Th- that was only like two years. And then he hadn't really done anything since then. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that guy could be on freezing cold takes. Like, <laughs> Josh I don't know Hartnett, what the, our next star. I don't know what the Christian science moniker is like, uh, what other stuff they cover, but just the name kind of. The Christian Science Monitor. I think yeah. you know they review movies. That's I it. I, it's a magazine, I guess. Hmm. I and know. it's always through a C.S. Lewis lens. <laughs> yeah, you need to yeah look at it from a sort of symbolist perspective. Yeah. Um, who is Slevin? Um, they must have liked the sort of Judeo-Christian aspects. I don't know. Um, I said this is a very slim Wikipedia. I expected a lot more meat on this, but one absolutely fantastic fact um in addition to blu-ray and dvd this was one of the few films to be released on the failed hd vmd format do you remember this format hd dvd no it's not even that it's a competitor to blu-ray and hd dvd that did not even last as long as hd dvd did Um, wow other titles i think 400 titles were ever released on this format um the most notable are the butterfly effect one and two sweet it lasted through two movies that's good (laughs) the hitcher do you remember that is that that that's like about yeah that's about the you pick up someone on the side of the road and they're murdered they kill you yeah did they Uh, use a knife or like a hook i think it was like a hook yeah it's a hook uh and then we were soldiers mel gibson movie it was a good movie um I'd literally never heard of this format until I saw this. That doesn't even make sense. What does it stand for? Video movie? Video multidimensional, I think. Oh, is this for smells or 3Ds? No, I think it's it's supposed to be like a versatile multi-layer compact disc. Okay. I I don't know. (laughs) There's There's a reason it didn't succeed. Does it like spray blood on you when there's murders or something? No, I don't think it was like, you know, smellorama or anything like that. Um, no, that's, I don't that's know what the million dollar idea. I don't know how uh, I, how you can bring that to the home. Um, I, I guess the device itself emits some sort of smell. But, you know, yeah, HD VMD. You got to put it in the pod, light a scented candle that comes in tandem with it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? DVDs mm-hmm. came with smells. Um, mm-hmm. Another, uh, this is an award-winning movie. It won Best Film and Best Actor at the Milan International Film Festival. Lucky number Slevin did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Milan? Milan, yeah. That's a big city. It is. It's Italian. That's a, that's a fashionable city. Um. I was surprised for that. Hartnett, I, I, I would never have thought Hartnett had ever won a Best Actor award in his life. Who else was in the category? Uh, I don't know. I was not given that information. Okay. Um, IMDb trivia was actually pretty rich for this. Uh, okay. I thought this was a bizarre trivia. Um, Josh Hartnett lived with screenwriter Jason Smilovich and his girlfriend in New York City while the script was being written. Smilovich said that he thought of having Slevin wear a towel a lot of the time because he saw Hartnett in one so often. 
more so okay. it added a vulnerable quality to Slevin. And How often was Josh Hart in a, in a towel? That's super horny. <laughs> right? <laughs> was he like horny. trying to seduce the guy's girlfriend or something? Yeah. Uh, you try, try, you try to like limit your amount of time in a towel to like pretty minimum. You, you try yeah. not to spend too much time. <laughs> I can just imagine Hart just walking around like, you know, I took a shower. I'm just going to watch a movie in my towel. <laughs> it was a stylish tile, though, I'd say. Well, I mean, he pulled off the look. Uh, yeah. I don't I mean, know how it stayed on. I mean, it right? didn't stay on the. <laughs> he the was going, he was riding in cabs, walking upstairs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> only he time it's, it's not like he was walking around holding it either. It was just like there. Only time it, it came off was when he flashed uh, uh, Lucy. Well, this Lou. is the next bit of trivia. Yeah. Uh, according to the DVD commentary with Josh Hartnett and Lucy Liu, Lindsay's reaction when she walks in on Slevin with his towel open is real. The screen, the scene was scripted, but Josh Hartnett actually flashed her without telling her prior to filming. Oh, um, no. Not something you could get away with today. Uh, That's, uh, <laughs> was it Chris Pratt did that in Parks and Rec, too? Did he really? Yeah. She, yeah. And to, uh, it's good. It's in the bloopers. Um, um, Rashida Jones and uh, Amy Poehler. They, walking uh, on him naked? Yeah. They, well, he op- he, they opened the door. And he's in the show. He's supposed to be naked, but uh-huh. uh, one scene he did it. He did it. Yeah. Well, apparently, the one they got in this one, Josh Hartnett really did it. <laughs> um, when Lindsay first meets Levin, she says, "According to Columbo, there are three things to look for in a crime scene. What's there now that wasn't there before? What was there before that isn't there now? Uh-huh. And what's been moved during the entire run of Columbo from 1968 to 2003? He never said anything like this." No, nope. the internet funny. is undefeated. Like, who is who is transcribing all of the Columbos? <laughs> they're, they're like they watched this slub and they saw yeah. the, her say that and said that's bullshit. Yeah, got yeah. every episode of Columbo. Paid attention to every line of dialogue. He never said it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I don't even know if like someone actually did that or someone's just making this up. Um, I I believe them though. I believe whoever contributed to this on the internet. Yeah, I definitely yeah. believe them. Um, I'm never going to check. Um, I, I I don't know how some people just must be better at seeing this than I am because I can never tell. Um, but this is the next one. In the first on-screen meeting of the rabbi and Mr. Goodcat, Ben Kingsley's eyes often move as if he's reading his dialogue off of cue cards. Did you get that impression? uh no i didn't i I, like can't tell it's like how some people can say like oh they're wearing a wig it's like oh beats me i don't know yeah Um, i couldn't tell i would never even like think to look for that honestly no i guess i mean i think you probably should be keyed into that after (laughs) apocalypse now and stuff that should be well in your wheelhouse Uh, see i can't even tell in apocalypse now (laughs) like everyone like says it's so obvious and i was like i don't know (laughs) it's just acting I can't track down this Milan Film Festival thing. It's From 2004 a, or 2006? 2006, yeah. It's uh, event festivals. Now, the archives only go back to October 2021. What is this? Um, Come on, internet. Yeah, I'm not oh. getting anything else either. Oh, well, good for him, though. He's a winner. Let's actually, this one might have it. Nope. Oh, no, here we go. Don't, if you... 
Um, he tied Josh Hartnett with Peter Falk for The huh? Thing About My Falks, a movie I've never heard of. Uh, the winner of Best Actress was Alexandra Maria Lara for the German that sounds film. The Official in Seine Frau, The Fisherman and His Wife. Uh, best Cinematography won by The Journey from the Fall, another movie I've never heard of. Uh, best Production Design. So this was like a... Cutting Room, I've never heard this of. This is like a D, D3 film festival then, huh? Basically, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard of any of the movies that wanted this. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, this, I, I could not believe it. I had to see the competition. I'm glad you found some stuff. <laughs> was, yeah, they were punching, punching down. Like it's, I mean, it sounds like those yeah. movies didn't even have like million dollar budgets. Um, so yeah, they were punching down. Um, and an alternate scene definitely was filmed, uh, in which Slevin killed Lindsay. Uh, but it was cut after audience reactions because it was considered too dark. That would have sort of made him yeah. unredeemable, right? He's but a bad I, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lebra. I thought, you know, this was a, it was a happier way of ending it, having him fall in love and, you know, save her. But her character stuff. was almost like totally unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> um, Best quote. I have two. There's a lot of smart dialogue, but a lot of it was like, you know, stuff that went I've, on, and I've on, d- on. I've done some of them, but I have two left. So you go first. I like, I thought this was a funny one. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing any man with two pen- penises says when his tailor asks him if he dresses to the right or left. What's that? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think mine's, mine's better than that. This is, uh, I guess, when good cat goes to see the rabbi and the rabbi says, since we're not friends and I, you hate baseball. Why the fuck are you here? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's one you could use in real life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other I one, I hate baseball. I wrote it down wrong. The other one, uh, Lindsay, what happened to your nose? Slevin? I was using it to break some guy's fist. Okay. All right, I got nice one. Nice self-deprecating Josh Hartnett humor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the end, when Bruce Willis finds them at the train station, bus station, uh, Slevin, I guess, goes, how'd you find us? And he goes, I'm a world-class assassin, fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how he was going to deal with the Mossad people. But then he had no trouble at all. So I guess he just really is World-class assassin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, also, can't have a Kansas City shuffle without a body. Without a body. Yep. That's what he says right Every, before he murders. The even guy. everybody knows that. Uh, yeah. The guy who got killed by that. Um, that's all yeah. I have. Anything else from you, Mr. Dick? Uh, we should have watched, I should have watched this movie a month ago when it was on HBO. I had to watch it on Tubi again. <laughs> Tubi's rough. I rented it. Yeah, we know you just love those rent. You're just keeping those big. <laughs> you you buy Keeping Amazon in business with the $1.99 rentals. Yeah. yeah I, I'd rather stream it on Tubi and watch the same commercials for Hyundai life insurance and dog food over and over again for two hours. But 
uh, I think it's definitely worth watching. Definitely a rewatch was great for me. Yes. All the and it, it's, it's such a, as the kids say, a vibe. Um, it's a vibe. <laughs> of the sort of mid-2000s. You know what his style is? His style is Fallout guy. That's what Josh Hartnett's dressing up. Dude, Fallout boy. <laughs> Fallout boy, whatever. Like Pete yeah. Wentz, is that the guy's name? Yeah. Like, it dance, was. Dance. Yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was a lot like that. Um, That's the vibe. It it just was so 2006. I mean, I literally like felt like I was transported to yeah. 2006 watching this movie. Just everything about it. Um, Flip phones. Yeah, <laughs> just the way they dress. Everyone's so like sort of twee. Um, it's yeah. height, manic pixie dream girl. Which you know we just don't Definitely. get those anymore. <laughs> but no. It- all characters need to be well-rounded now. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just have a whole relationship built on who your favorite James Bond is. Um, people don't Roger really go Moore. for that anymore. <laughs> yeah. That was, a, that whole thing was a bit cringy. Yeah. Um, it was, was just like, showing uh, that they're, they're cinephiles. That yeah. Oh, we're, we're, sort like, of oh. Like, we're sort of goofy. Yeah, We can do a spy movie because we love James Bond. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, and Carter's pick next month. Um, to be, an, to we be announced. About it before. No, I, I've, oh, not, I've not got it. Um, I'm going to surprise him. It might be something very weird. Uh, let's just not, let's not do the new Cronenberg movie. I don't want to. You're not see pumped that. for that? <clears throat> no, I, I don't want to see Suspiria. I don't want to see Cronenberg. I don't want to see any sort of body mutilation stuff. Not my well, that's, I think that's like all this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, the apparently, you're gonna pick. it had mass, mass walkouts that went at its premiere. But also, it said the stuff I saw said, oh, anticipating walkouts. And then said the next day was like, no, no, they stood up for uh, an applause. Well, see, so who knows? Can both things happen? People, mm-hmm. people love sort of performative acts to tell you what they think about it. Um, so if you hate it you like spit and leave the theater and if you love it you stand Mm -hmm. up and cheer for like 20 minutes apparently the Elvis movie got like a 15 minute standing ovation and I've heard some critics say that's like the worst movie they've ever seen so I don't like music biopics I don't like them I don't like musicals I don't (laughs) like music biopics like it's a genre that's just like Oscar bait stupid well they're all sort of the same too yeah I mean, Walk Hard did a very good job spoofing the genre. Because yeah. well, that, that's good. <laughs> they're all you know, sort of the same. Freddie Mercury one, bah, whatever. Well, that was like actually like a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I but, but all the olds loved it. I watched it with my parents and a few people in their building. And they were like, they, like, gave, I rem- they, they I remember Queen. Giving applause afterwards. Yeah. Did they really? <laughs> Yeah, and that takes a lot for the olds. Well, there, there's something to be said about people just liking seeing things that they yeah. remember, committed yeah. to. to That's like us and lucky numbers. All the dicks pick. <laughs> you basically, yeah. <laughs> like, I stand me... up and give them applause afterwards. <laughs> Make me feel like it's 2006 again. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this definitely did that. Um, I would recommend this movie to people. Uh. But then, yeah, that's all I have. Next month, cool. Carter's pick. Probably going to be something French. God. <laughs> no singing. 
There will no there will be no singing, I can promise you that. Um, okay. But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm sure the sound is much, much better than last month. Oh, if it, if it isn't, then you look left, I look right. It's the Kansas City Shuffle. We'll fix it next whole time. time. Yep. All we need is a dead body. Yep. Um, thank you for listening. We'll be back with you guys next month.